0: Welcome to I Wrote This News. Today is Saturday, February 26, 2022. Every weekend, we will give you a wrap-up of the week's events, highlighting and expanding on listener favorites from the week. Let's dive in. Story Number 1, Devin Nunez Bears Down, Outplops Truth Social Donald Trump's new social media venture, Truth Social, launched Monday, marking the return of the former president to social media on the U.S. President's Day holiday. The launch restored Trump's presence on social media more than a year after he was banned from Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube following the January 6, 2021 attack on the U.S. Capitol by his supporters, after he was accused of posting messages inciting violence. Trump media and technology group, the venture behind Truth Social, is currently led by self-proclaimed dairy farmer, crank, and former Republican U.S. Representative Devin Nunes. Truth Social appears to be a Twitter clone. But with the addition of former President Donald Trump and the deletion of Jack Dorsey. The irony here is that Nunez is fond of free speech as long as it isn't critical of him. Nunez has filed multiple defamation lawsuits against people and media who have said things that Nunez doesn't like. Most of the suits have been dismissed, and Nunez has yet to prevail in any of them. The double irony is that in 2018 Nunez supported the Discouraging Frivolous Lawsuits Act. On December 31, 2019, Nunez, through his Charlottesville, Virginia, attorney Stephen Espis, issued a letter that threatened litigation against Rep. Ted Liu based on alleged damage to Nunes's reputation. Liu responded, quote, I welcome any lawsuit from your client and look forward to taking discovery of Congressman Nunes, or you can take your letter and shove it. Truth Social joins a growing portfolio of technology companies that are positioning themselves as champions of free speech and hope to draw users who feel their views are suppressed on platforms such as Twitter, Facebook and YouTube. So far none of the companies, which include Twitter competitors Getter and Parler and video site Rumble, have come close to matching the popularity of their mainstream counterparts. Story number two, I scream, you scream, but I'm the one with the frozen ding-a-ling. By the end of the men's 50-kilometer mass start ski race at the Beijing Games over the weekend, Finnish athlete Rami Lindholm was more of an innie than an Audi, And we're not talking about his belly button. Lindholm spent just under an hour and 16 minutes traversing the course and howling, bitter winds, leading to what some Winter Olympic trainers call, quote Freezer Weezer. It was just another example of the adage that any news story that includes the words frostbite and penis isn't a happy one. Actually, any news story that includes the words bite and penis isn't a happy one. In fact, now that I think about it, any news story that includes the word penis usually isn't a happy one. Concerned about the likelihood of Olympic popsicles, Serre's race was delayed by an hour and shortened by 20 kilometers. The thin suits and underlayers worn by racers, as well as plasters to cover their faces and ears, offered little protection. Lindholm explained that he used a heat pack to try to thaw out his quote, little me once the race was over, which frankly seems a little too late. When the body parts started to warm up after the finish, the pain was unbearable, he added. Adding insult to injury, Lindholm didn't come anywhere close to winning the event instead placing 28th out of 59 contestants and 59th out of 58 and a half penises. Lindholm told Finnish media, quote, It was one of the worst competitions I've been in. Gentle listeners might reasonably assume that spending an hour with a willy that's way beyond Chile would have been Lindholm's worst competition by far. Alas, not. This was the second time for Lindholm, who suffered through a similar incident at a cross-country competition in Ruka, Finland last year. As they say in Finland, Quote, freeze my penis once, shame on you, freeze my penis twice, and there will probably be a third or a fourth time down the road. Story number three, you're not the only one with an adverse reaction. A Democratic candidate for Congress in Oklahoma apologized in a television interview on Friday after parents complained that she drank and verbally abused children attending a sleepover at a friend's home this month. The House candidate, Abby Broyles, a former television investigative reporter who ran unsuccessfully for the U.S. Senate in 2020 said that she had no memory of what happened because she had mixed alcohol and a sleep medicine. About eight girls between the ages of 12 and 13 attended the sleepover, where they watched the movie Titanic. When first contacted by non-doc media for comment, Ms. Broyles seemed to deny that she was at the party. After a TikTok video showed otherwise, she gave an interview to KFOR-TV, an Oklahoma city station where she once worked. In the interview, Broyles said that she had, quote, blacked out after drinking wine and taking a sleep medication. She said the medicine was given to her by her friend, whose daughter was having the sleepover when Ms. Broyles came to visit. Because nothing says, preteen sleepover like an ambient spritz. Citing information from some parents and children who attended the party, non-doc media reported that Broyles had sworn at one girl, while also mentioning that she was Hispanic, and had referred to another girl's acne, among other abusive remarks. They said that she had vomited into one of the girl's shoes, in addition to a laundry hamper. Ms. Broyles explained, quote, I had an adverse reaction. Instead of helping me sleep, I hallucinated, and I don't remember anything until I woke up or came to, and I was throwing up in a hamper. Lady, two things. First, if you're looking for somewhere to sleep, may we suggest anywhere other than a sleepover with a bunch of 12 and 13-year-old kids. Second, after listening to you tell us that you mix drugs and alcohol, verbally abused girls, and booted in their boot and elsewhere, we can assure you that you're not the only one experiencing a, quote, adverse reaction. Story number four, Mackenzie Scott's Heart Way Bigger Than Jeff Bezos' Superyacht. Mackenzie Scott's $50 million gift to the National 4-H Council, which the youth-focused nonprofit called Transformational, is part of a new batch of the philanthropist's donations now coming to light. The donation to the organization, which supports the 120-year-old youth development program, is the second-largest gift known to have been made by Scott since she announced last year that she gave $2.7 billion to charitable nonprofits. In the meantime, Scott's ex, Amazon founder and guy who everything he touches, including himself, starts to look like a penis, Jeff Bezos, is building the world's largest sailing yacht. As we've noted in prior episodes, the yacht is so big that it will have its own yacht, and will require the dismantling of a bridge to get it out to sea. Scott has since been quiet about donations in an attempt to avoid media attention, The organizations who are receiving money from Scott have been announcing the gifts. Jennifer Serangelo, the president and CEO of the council, said they received a call in December informing them the gift was coming their way, and the amount came as a surprise. Serangelo said, quote, when I heard the gift would be $50 million, I lost my breath and had to sit down, adding it even brought a tear to her eye. In the past two years, Scott has given away more than $8 billion of her wealth, estimated by Forbes at $45.7 billion. Story number 5, We're Only Here for the Donuts, Comrade In explaining why he's ordering an invasion, Russian President Vladimir Putin said that Ukraine is an illegitimate country and has always been part of Russia. With the former football coach, nearly compelling proof that we are all living in a simulation being run by a teenage kid, and Alabama Senator Tommy Tuberville, says not so fast. During a presentation at the Montgomery Chamber of Commerce, Tuberville discussed the escalating tensions between Russia and Ukraine. He claims that a large part of Vladimir Putin's desire for further annexation of Ukrainian land is due to the amount of farmland in Ukraine. Tuberville asserted that Putin, quote, can't feed his people, it's a communist country, so he can't feed his people, so they need more farmland. In reality, Russia isn't technically a communist country and it exports nearly twice as much wheat as does the non-communist United States. Canada, which has a publicly funded universal healthcare system and a national minimum wage, also exports more wheat than the U.S. Tuberville also noted the need to strengthen the U.S. military, and for dispensing with the quote woke prerogatives of the U.S. Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin. Tuberville said, quote, I'm tired of hearing about we need to change our military to where they're woke, to where they need to listen to the federal government. And we need to educate them on things that have nothing to do with the military. Secretary Austin, we need a killing machine, not that we want to kill anybody, but people know that we will kill them if they come here and if they mess with us. The 2021 U.S. defense budget rose by more than 4% over that for 2020. The foreign government has launched an attack on United States soil since World War II. The U.S. Capitol, however, was attacked by Trump supporters hoping to disrupt the democratic elections process last year. After that attack, Tuberville objected to certifying the Electoral College votes in Arizona and Pennsylvania. February 26 is the 57th day of the year in the Gregorian calendar. 308 days remain until the end of the year. Now it's time for On This Date in History. On this date in 1660, Galileo Galilei is formally banned by the Roman Catholic Church from teaching or defending the view that the Earth orbits the Sun. On this date in 1919, President Woodrow Wilson signs an act of Congress establishing the Grand Canyon National Park. On this date in 1929, President Calvin Coolidge signs an executive order establishing the 96,000-acre Grand Teton National Park in Wyoming. Celebrating birthdays today are rocker Jonathan Cain, musician Michael Bolton, swimmer Keena Rothhammer, astronaut Susan Helms, politician Tim Cain, and actress Chase Masterson. Happy birthday to all of them, and if your birthday is today, a very happy birthday to you as well. By the way, if you or someone you know is having a birthday and would like us to announce it on the show, leave us a voice message or send an email. The links are in the show notes. Today's news was brought to us by Reuters, The New York Times, Yahoo Finance, AL.com, 1819 News, The Washington Post, and the Mayday Appliance of Websites, Wikipedia. If you have a comment or a question about anything you've heard today, or if you have a suggestion, please send us a note at I wrote this news, all one word, at thatradioshow.com. That email address one more time is, I wrote this news, all one word, at thatradioshow.com. One more thing, if this podcast sounds a little funny, that's because it's also an experiment. All of the vocals were generated using AI technology. Hopefully the show will sound different and better as the tech improves and as we improve at using it. I'm Bob Meese, hoping you have an amazing day. We'll get together again soon.